Welcome to the God is Able radio broadcast, the ministry of Old Savannah Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Austin Frady, and we would like to take this time to wish you a happy Mother's Day. Now join us on the broadcast today as we open in prayer and in song and with a message entitled, The Importance of a Godly Mother. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time together today on the radio. Lord, we thank you for this great opportunity. Lord, we pray for each one that will be listening today. I pray for those that may be listening, God, that's never been saved. May they be pointed to you, Lord, and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before it's eternally too late. Lord, I pray for the saints, God, that may be homebound, that may be listening today. Lord, I ask you, God, to put your hand on them and encourage them, Lord. And I pray for the mothers that are listening today. God, put your hand upon them, bless them for their great ministry in the home. And Lord, we pray you'd in revival in Jackson County, in the home in these days. Lord, I pray that God, you touch each mother with wayward children, God, that's burdened for their children. God, I pray you'd hear their prayers and God, strengthen their faith, we ask. And Lord, we plead these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
2 Timothy chapter 1. We'll read one verse, verse 5. Paul speaking to Timothy, and he says in verse 5, he said, When I call to remembrance the unfringed faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. Amen. The Bible is speaking to Timothy. Paul is speaking to Timothy and he says, When I call to remembrance the unfringed faith which is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice. And as I begin to think upon this verse of Scripture and as the Lord laid this on her heart and laid a thought upon her heart and God began to lay a thought on her heart on the importance of a godly mother. And, I, and we see in the day and hour that we live, I, we see there has been an attack that's been going on for many years now. I, it started many, many, many years ago in the Garden of Eden. I, but we see in this country, in the United States of America, there has been an attack and that attack has been centered upon the mothers. It has been centered upon the mothers because Satan knows that the mama is the key to the family and if he can tear mama apart from the family, then he can tear everything else in the family up. You can agree with me this morning, no doubt, that in the United States of America there has been full out war ways upon the family and upon what a godly family is. We see in the day and hour that we live, there's very a few families as to what we could call a godly family that has been brought forth and my friend is a family that is put together in the way that God intended it now listen this morning I'm not trying to get on to you if you're living in that situation God knows about it and you can get forgiven if there's sin involved and you can get right with God and you can move forward from this day forward but what I'm trying to get across to you this morning is that there has been a war waged there has been an attack made upon the families of the, in the United States of America and upon the families in our churches and a family that's trying to live godly. I want you to know that everything in this world is working against that union. Amen. That's the way it's working. We see that it has started out many years ago that Satan started out trying to pull mom away from the home and trying to pull mom away from their children. Can I say to you, my friend, that when God instituted this thing and God instituted marriage... The Bible says, uh, uh, my friend, that he made Adam uh, in the likeness of his image. Uh, amen. And God looked down and God seen Adam. Uh, I don't know the period of time, uh, but no doubt there was some period of time in between uh, when God made Adam uh, and when God created Eve. Uh, when God looked down and said, uh, uh, my friend, that Adam needs a help me eat. Uh, amen. And God, my friend, allowed Adam uh, uh, to go into a deep sleep. Uh, amen. Listen, ain't no need getting worried when you have surgery. God's been doing it for years. Amen. Uh, and God God put Adam into a deep sleep and God took a rib out of Adam and God made Eve. My friend, God instituted the family right then and there. God instituted a godly union. God instituted marriage. My friend, one man and one woman and God sanctified that and God said it's good. Can I say to you for one man and for one woman to be married, it is good. But this little old country preacher still believes the Bible. I still believe what God says. I still believe that God give Adam Eve and he didn't give him Steve. I still believe that. Whether or not you do or not, that's between you and God. But I want you to know that's what God's Word says. God made Eve and God put one man and one woman together. And that's the way God designed it. And I believe even nature itself teaches us that. There's no need in denying that fact. But I want you to know 
in Genesis chapter 3 that Satan began to look and Satan began to try to devise a plan as to where he could get into that union that God had made. Every time God does something, every time God makes something good, my friend Satan is looking on the outskirts of the situation trying to figure out how he can get in. And in Genesis chapter 3 we find that old, that old rascal, he came in the form of a serpent. He slithered right up to Eve. He went under the weaker vessel. Amen. Now that's what the Bible says, ladies. That's what the book says. Amen. And he slithered up to that weaker vessel. No doubt. He figured out that Adam would be a little bit harder target. He figured out Adam maybe was a little bit independent and maybe a little bit stubborn. And Adam had walked with God a little bit longer. But he went under that weaker vessel. Can I say when Satan comes into the church, he comes to them new converts. He comes to them that are weak in the faith. He comes to them that ain't been in it as long. He don't come to that one that's rooted and grounded and steadfast in faith. He goes to the ones that are weak and he begins to get them and pull them aside and he'll put them in such a situation, my friend, that it puts the older rooted and grounded Christians in a situation where they have to make a decision. That's the way Satan works. He likes to get in the middle of something and if he can't get you, my friend, by this whispering in your ear, he'll put you in a situation where you feel like you have to go his way. Listen, I want you to know this morning that if you ever feel like that you're having to go the way of this world and you ever feel like you have to go the way that Satan wants you to go, I want you to know there's always a way of escape. Satan wants you to think they're in. Satan wants you to think there's no other way. I want you to know there's been a way made at Calvary that you don't have to drink the beer. You don't have to get on drugs to find good night, good times in this world. You don't have to run to and fro throughout this world enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season. I want you to know you can enjoy God. There ain't nothing like being saved by the grace of God. There ain't nothing like knowing that I've been born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, and all my sins have been forgiven. I want you to know, in that old-fashioned order, Satan wanted me to think that there was no way I could get saved, that I'd went too far for God. But I'm glad God's got an arm longer and farther that can reach deeper than I could go. When I was in the muck and the mire of this world, I'm glad God had my number, and God knew right where I was and God said I'm going to get him in due time I'm glad God came to where I was sought me out bought me with a price paid for my sin I'm thankful this morning when there seemed like there was no way Jesus came to my rescue boy I liked that song didn't you I'm glad Jesus rescues me hey praise be unto God if he hadn't rescued me he's untelling where I'd be this morning as I look back over my life I began to rejoice in my soul in thinking about where I come from and thinking about who I used to be and thinking about if God hadn't intervened in my life where I could be this morning but I'm glad God done a work in my life I'm glad God put a roadblock and it was the cross of Calvary it was the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm glad that he gave me just a little bit of faith to accept his precious son and it ain't been the same since and I'm thankful for that this morning there's been an attack made started in Genesis chapter 3 that attack has been after mama amen that attack has been after the family. That attack has been after the union that God made. That attack has been after the sanctity of marriage. 
That attack is not something that just begun in this day and in this hour. It's not something that just begun a few years ago. It's not something that just begun 10, 15 years ago. It is something that began a long time ago, honey. I understand that Satan is just at his old tricks. Hey man, he's just getting a little bit stronger at it. He's getting, getting a little bit more to time. And he's just getting a little bit deeper in it. And we're just seeing it unfold right now before our eyes. But there has been an attack on marriage. There's, there used to be a time and there used to be a day when mama didn't have to work. Amen. There used to be a time when mama could stay at home, when daddy could go to work. And my friend, they may not have had a Cadillac sitting in the driveway. Hey man, praise be unto God. They didn't have a John Deere tractor under the shed. Hey man, they, but they, praise God, they had food on their table. Hey man, and mama was able to stay home. And mama was able to raise some children. Now you ladies at work, I'm not downing you one bit, not one iota. I understand in the society that we live in, I understand that it's almost a necessity. My, my wife works, my family we have to do that. I understand my friend. But I want you to say there was a time in society when that was not so. When it was okay for mama to stay at home and everything worked out and God provided. There was a time when as a society it was an accepted thing. Hey man, it was a time when, when mama stayed at home. She didn't stay at home and lay on the couch and watch soap operas. She didn't get on Facebook all day. When mama stayed at home with the youngins. Hey, this is good preaching. I don't know if anybody else is getting anything out of it. Hey, but somebody ought to be saying amen. I'm telling you right this morning. Listen, there was a time when mama didn't stay on the internet all day. But mama got down with them youngins and she began to teach them some godly manners. She began to teach them some things about this world. She began to teach them, my friend, how to work and how to do things. Hey, the youngins didn't get to lay around all day and watch television. Hey, listen to me. We've let the television raise our youngins. We wonder why we've got a general my friend that acts like a bunch of heathens and I say it ain't their fault it's cause they've been raised by a television set they've been raised by a video game we've let somebody else raise our children there was a time when mama raised the children not the television set not the Facebook not the internet not the video game hey there was a time when mama raised the youngins you tell me mama ain't important boy I tell you what daddy Amen. Under the curse, when Adam and Eve sinned, the curse was that, that the man would earn his living by the sweat of his brow and that, that Eve would have pain in childbirth. And I began to think about that this week. And I began to think about, no doubt you can all agree, that it is the daddy's responsibility to provide for the family. It is his responsibility by that book, my friend, to go out and to provide, to put food on the table, to put a roof over the head. That's daddy's responsibility. Amen. That's not Austinology. That's what God said. Hey man, and the Bible says that Eve would have pain in childbirth. I begin to think about, my friend, how much pain it is for a woman to have a child and how much travail comes forth. But you know what? That pain don't end at childbirth. Every time that, that young and as it begins to grow up and it begins to do something it's not supposed to do and mama has to whoop that young and mama has to correct that young and hey man, mama's got a big job and the attack that's been going on it's been trying to tear mama away from them children. But can I say God has still instituted that mama ought to be mama and that mama is a godly person and that mama's got a great role in our society. Mama is a very, very important person. And there's been an attack. You can see I'm trying my best to, to just to lay a foundation so you can see how Satan is trying his best to pull mama away from the family. Amen. 
Hey, if Satan can get in between mom and daddy, Satan can tear them two apart. Hey, man, listen, it ain't even about mom and daddy. They may be saved and this happens. Amen. Listen, saved people go through problems. Saved people, the devil fights him just as much as he does anybody, if not more. I firmly believe, my friend, that Satan fights a saved person probably more than he does those that are lost. He just does everything he can do to keep the gospel away from them lost people. That's why he fights the saved people so much. Amen. And he knows that if he can get in the midst of family and tear them apart, he may not be able to have mom and daddy's soul, but these two little youngins there that may not have been saved yet. These two little youngins or maybe three or four hammies in your family. Hey man, you put your name in this situation. But if Satan can get in the midst and tear mom and daddy apart, there's some youngins at stake. There's some people at stake. And it's untelling what God could do with your life if you would buckle down with God and God would just let God use you and say, I know we want to quit, but we're going to stand here and here strong and steadfast for the Lord. And we're going to stand on the foundation of the solid rock of the Lord Jesus. And no matter what comes, whether the wind blows or whether the rain comes, hey, there may be a hurricane coming through, but we're going to stand solid and steadfast, and we're going to weather the storm because we realize that there is more at stake than us. There's some youngins at stake. There's some families at stake. Listen, you may be here this morning and you're out of the will of God, but you need to just get rooted and grounded and steadfast in your faith. Can I say in five years you may be the best Sunday school teacher this church has ever had? You may have messed up in days gone by. But I want you to know God can forgive you. You may be the best church member. You may be the one that can reach these people in this community that I can't reach and that their families can't reach. You may be the key that can walk into their house and just say a kind word with the Spirit of God on you and begin to encourage them to come to the house of God. And it just clicks with them. It may be you that God's wanting to use in that way. God's got a purpose for each one of us. And Satan's trying to tear that apart. Satan's trying to get mama out of the home because he knows he can get them youngins. And we see it in the day and hour that we live. If you could open your eyes and see, there's been a generation been raised by a television set. You tell me Satan ain't in some of that stuff. Amen. You, you wait till about 10 o'clock tonight and turn the television set on. You tell me Satan ain't in that. Amen. Turn on the cartoon. Amen. You tell me Satan ain't in that. Amen. That's the truth. They see it every single day. And it's the normal for them. And I go ahead and say, God is trying. This, this gay marriage, this sodomite stuff that's going on. Hey man, listen, this ain't about them. This is an attack that Satan is putting on to destroy the family. That's what it boils down to. It ain't about them having more rights. It ain't about this, that, and another. Praise God, that bunch don't even care about their rights. That's the way they feel about it, amen. But this is an attack. It's something that Satan is using them to do to attack the family and to destroy the family. To make our, when our young and see two mamas, two mamas together, amen, with a young and they see two daddies together, hey, they think that's okay. They don't know any different. Listen to me this morning. They think that's the normal in our society and it's coming to the place where it is. But God did not institute it that way. God did not design it that way. And it's not meant to be. You say, well, preacher, What's, what's so important about a godly mama? Well, as I look through the Word of God, I see some godly women. I see a lady by the name of Hannah. She began to pray and she said, God, she said, I'd like to have a child. The Bible says she was buried. She couldn't have a child. She began to pray. She said, God, I'd like to have a child. 
And you know what God said? Hey man, God spoke through the priest and God said, you have found grace in my eyes. Hey man, and God allowed this lady by the name of Hannah to have a child by the name of Samuel. Amen. You ever heard of Samuel? Amen. Good man of God. Praise God. Judged Israel. Amen. He was used of God. Amen. Because one mama prayed for him. I'm thankful this morning for some praying mamas. I'm glad for some mamas that are willing to pray and willing to seek God's face. Hannah is an example of a mama. She was willing to pray, amen, and lay aside her will and say, God, whatever you'd have. But God, I'd like to have a child. And God granted that unto her. Hey, thank God for some mamas that have stayed up in the middle of the night when the youngins was out wayward, when they didn't know where we was at, when they didn't know what was going on, when they didn't know if there was going to be a call from the jail or from the morgue. Hey, thank God for some mamas that stayed up and shed some tears praying for us that we could be where we're at today. A godly mama is a praying mama. A godly mama is a mama that ain't afraid to get a hold of God and ain't afraid to pray on her children's behalf. Can I say if you've got a little baby this morning, mama, it ain't too soon to start praying for them. It ain't too soon to lift them up to the Lord. Hannah was a praying mama and when it come down the time that that child was born, she looked at her husband and she said, I'm going to keep him till he's weaned. And she said, then I'm going to take him to the house of God. I'm going to take him to where he belongs. She said, I'm going to give him back to God. Can I say this morning, thank God for some mamas that are willing to give their children to the Lord. Hey, praise God, I've seen it time and time again. Mamas, they tend to want to hang on their youngins and daddies do too. And they want to keep them all of themselves. But there comes a time when you've got to turn that youngin over. And you say, I've went as far as I can go. Hey, Hannah had her time and her season. She got to wean the child. But then there come a day, there come a time when she had to take that child to the house of God and say, God, here he is. You give him to me. Now you're going to have to keep him. God, you give him to me. Now you're going to have to use him. There comes a time, Mama, when you can only go so far. When you can only go to the place where you say, Lord, here he is. The Bible says she lent him unto the Lord until the day that he died. That's the way we ought to do. We ought to take our children and say, God, here they are. Till the day they die, Lord, here they are. Lord, I know that you've kept me. And Lord, I know if you've kept me, you can keep anybody. So Lord, here's my children. That's what a praying mama does. Praying mama says, God, here's my children. Hey, these mamas in this building, they would give anything for their son to be saved. These mamas in this building, they would give anything for their daughter to be saved. They'd give anything to be able to sit on this pew this morning beside of their their child and beside of that one that they give birth to. They would give anything. No doubt if they had to sell the farm, they had to sell their house, if they had to go down and they had to they had to stay in the roughest house in town, in the roughest neighborhood there was, if they knew that they could sit on the pew beside of their son or beside of their daughter and know that they were saved by the grace of God, they'd sell everything they had. They'd give it all up. They'd empty out the bank account. They'd empty out the retirement fund. They would sell the vehicles. They would do anything to see their son saved. That's the way mama's on. That's the way Hannah looked at it. She said, Lord, you've given me the best thing that's ever happened to me. But Lord, I'm giving it back to you. You go on down through the Bible, you find that little widow woman that Elijah came to. She was a submissive woman. That's biblical, ladies. Amen. That little widow woman, when Elijah came to her, and she was gathering them sticks, and she, Elijah said, go get me a drink of water. And he said, bring me a cake of, cake of cornbread. Amen, that's the way I'm putting it. Amen, that ain't the Bible, praise God. But, amen. She went to get Elijah that cake of cornbread, praise God, whatever kind of bread it was. 
Amen. She was willing to obey what the man of God said. She, she looked back at him. She said, there ain't she said, me and my son are gathering sticks. We're going to build a fire. We've got one little bit of oil in a cruise, and we've got one little cup of meal left, right? and we're going to make us a cake, and we're going to eat that, and we're going to die. And Elijah said, you make one for me first. Right? And he said, your cruise will never run dry, and that barrel of meal, right? it'll never go empty. Right? She submitted unto what the man of God said, right? and she becomes submissive to what God was speaking to her heart. Right? Can I say to you, we're living in a day and an age right? when men and women alike, right? we are so prideful and so haughty in our spirit right? that we are not willing to submit our ourselves to anything or anybody we're not willing to submit ourselves to the will of God and I believe that's where the power struggle in churches come from it's because we're not willing to submit under the authorities that be amen the Bible says to submit yourself under the higher power amen that means submit yourself unto God and let God have his way in your life amen that was a lady that was submissive in her spirit and you know what when she went to that cruise and she picked it up I can just see this in my mind I heard a man of God preach one time and it was running over in oil but I don't read that and I didn't get that out of it I, I believe when she went to that cruise she picked it up and it looked empty I, and it failed empty I, and by every respect I, she had every reason to believe that that cruise would have been empty when she poured it out I, but I believe it was light as a feather because it, it didn't feel like there was nothing in it I, but by faith she went ahead and picked it up anyway because she had submitted herself to what God had said I, and she was trusting in the Lord I, and she had decided she wasn't going to walk by side anymore but she was just going to walk by faith and she'd take that little cruise and she'd pick it up and she'd pour it out and praise God that oil began to run out despite what the devil said despite every circumstance despite every odd against her the oil run out of that cruise and I can see her as she went over there to that barrel of meal and she began to take the lid maybe she'd walk up to it and kick the side of it and praise God it wouldn't feel like there was anything in it but she'd just say I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight and she just reached down in there closed her eyes maybe and by the grace of God when she pulled that cup back up it was full of everything she needed because she had submitted herself under the will of God and under what God had had her to do and under what amen God was trying to do in her life and I say to you this morning if you're lacking something in your life if you will submit yourself to the will of God it may seem like that there's nothing going to be provided but when it gets down to the nitty gritty and you have to reach down in the barrel when you pull your cup back up it's going to be full God said he'd never see one of his hungering and begging bread hey praise God that means a whole lot that means when we sit down at the dinner table if we have to deny the world if we have to do something out of the ordinary I believe God will put food on our table it may not be a big steak dinner but I believe there will be some pinto beans and cornbread hallelujah this morning amen in that verse of scripture that he never see one of his hungering and begging bread. That goes on as far, my friend, as the mean. That if you've got a need in your life, if you've got lost loved ones, you've got lost children, honey, God will provide if you will seek the kingdom of God first and seek the will of God above all things. God will provide your needs. Amen. We doubt him all the time. But God's going to provide what you need. She submitted unto him. I see over there in the New Testament, I see Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, I never had thought much about how Jesus was raised. And, amen, we focus mainly on the cross and we focus on His ministry. Amen, but you know what? He grew up in a godly home. Mary was a, a lady, amen, the Bible says she was blessed among women. Amen. She was a blessed, 
young lady. You know why? She was something a little different. Amen. I believe it's because she is willing to separate herself. She, she didn't care if she was like the other young ladies. But I believe Mary, the mother of Jesus, I believe she was a young lady. She said, I, it don't matter if I'm like everybody else. I, amen. And she was blessed among women. And God found favor in her. I, hey, listen, if she was like everybody else, God could have looked down on a hundred women. I, amen. And said the same thing. I, but just on that one young lady. I, that's the only lady you ever read in the Bible I, that had that said about her. I, God's seen something in her. I, amen. That she was willing to separate herself. I, and she was willing, my friend, to distrust in God. God. I know I say that a lot but that's what the Bible's about from Genesis to Revelation it's about trusting in the Lord Mary whenever she came and the Holy Ghost overshadowed her and that angel came to her and spoke to her and told her what was going to take place she could have said like I did when God said you're going to preach she could have said God you're crazy amen but she didn't praise God she just trusted in the Lord and I can just imagine as that baby was born and everything that took place from from the time that baby was born huh, up until he was 12 years old and from the time he was 12 to the time he was 30 years old huh, I can just imagine she watched his life huh, and she could see my friend huh, God doing something every single day in her life and I say if you step back and look you could see God doing something every single day in your life Mary was an important mother because she was faithful to her son when I say she is faithful to her son he was God manifested in the flesh so she was faithful to God. Amen. She was faithful at 12 years old, taking him to the house of God. She was faithful when he was eight days old, taking him, amen, fulfill the law of God, have him circumcised. She was faithful to her son. She was faithful to fulfill her duties as a godly mother. That's important. That was important in the life of Christ. Amen. That was important in his life. And if it was important in his life, it's important in your children's life for you to be a faithful, godly mother. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to hear this message in its entirety or join us in one of our services, find us on Facebook or visit us at our website at oldsavannah.org. And we would like to give you a personal invitation to come and be in one of our services on Sunday morning at 10 and 11 a.m., 6 p.m. on Sunday evening, and 7 p.m. on Wednesday night as we travel verse by verse through the book of John. We're located at 138 Sutton Branch Road in Silva, North Carolina.